Hey, Reads listeners, this is Shelly. I'm so excited because we're going to do a little mini-sode with Josie Scoggins. <laughs> Yay! Yes, it's going to be so cool because I was on another podcast with Josie and realized that all of these good things that are going on in Michigan are directly related to Josie's efforts. And also this good work that she's doing is so fun. There's an element of community and commitment and uh, like uh, authentically wanting to help people um, in this community and it's just, Awesome. And we've been at some really fun events together. So first time on the show, Josie Scoggins. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Long time watcher. I'm so excited. I'm glad to be here. I'm so excited to be on Reads and Weeds to talk about my favorite books and my favorite weeds. Okay. Yes, yes. It sounds great. Right before we got on, I, I said I would ask you, when do you think we met? Do you remember a time like a, a specific event or anything? Oh man, I think I first had met you with Jamie and he was, um, he had still had, oh, what is the other dog's name? Not Zeta. Uh, um, Sherman. 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 And two joints in one hand and a dog in the other. And you were rescuing these joints because if you didn't, they would never be smoked. Oh, no. I feel like it would have been hash bash, but I'm very hard at connecting it. Me too, me too. Cause I'm picturing it being in hash bash, but I don't know if it was like eight years ago or 10 years ago or four years ago. I have no idea. They all just run together. And some of them, I, I remember things like whether it was really cold, you know, sometimes it's just really cold at hash bash and you're just trying to hide in the library and other days it's glorious like beginning of spring love fest feeling thing but yeah yeah it's that's how I remember you too um I think it was a hash bash so next question is tell me do you have a favorite like all-time book or top three Yes, yes. Okay. Well, I have an awesome favorite book. It's East of Eden by John Steinbeck. It has got everything I love. It's written as a as a letter to his his sons. Says like a part of it is is fiction and part of it is nonfiction. So he writes about his own family coming over, making the move from the East Coast to the to the Big West and establishing their own roots here, and then also a fictional family. And I am a sucker for like books that there's real stuff in right so like there's a little bit of opium use and of course the brothels and I think that what Steinbeck does the best in this book is like he paints a narrative of what California looked like in the early the late 1800s early 1900s as like this bare bones rare spot where people are dumb to move to because there's nothing out there right yes oh my gosh I love that I've never read it I read, obviously, Grapes of Wrath in, in high school, and I couldn't believe that we ought to read a book like that. I'm like, well, okay, that's cool. And then I went down this, like, rabbit hole, this rabbit hole of Steinbeck. And, and also a real lesson in this book is the way that, that men at that time write about women, right? So all of his characters are consistently, the women characters are, like, humorless, and they're, like, they're written from a different, from a very male perspective, right? 
Can I tell you a stoner thing that I just did? I wanted to remember the book. And so just over here out on the side, like not paying attention, I wrote the name, but I wrote John Steinberg. (laughs) 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 I totally thought I was writing Steinbeck. And then I looked at it. I'm like, that totally says Steinberg. It's so (laughs) wrong. I don't know how I accomplished that. Like thinking one name, listening to and writing another one. It's ridiculous. Um, We'll have to do that one because I want to talk about it more. But I want to know what's going on because I did read The Grapes is Wrath. I haven't read East of Eden and why not? I got to do it. We've done The Great Gatsby before. It was a recommendation. Yes, yes. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Great Gatsby? It's not, is it? Oh, I don't know. That's what I was asking. It's not, it's not. But it's a very, it's one of those things kind of like someone knows what the story is really about. Like it was about an actual incident, most likely, right? And the culture is so twisted but also so relevant it's it's great but that's why I love those books is you're like oh this is just a little dramatization in the middle it's just a tiny picture that captures so many things about a certain era yeah that that that, it, that you can see everything and you yes yes it's um, and a lot has changed right but so much has not in terms of the oh, way that yeah. Um, yeah. who makes the money, who is in charge, what they yeah. do with that. Um, yeah. And so it's really in, in East of Eden, there's a portion of it where one of his uncles go on to create a new industry, which ends up being advertising, right? And, and it yeah. had never occurred to me that that was, that advertising and marketing and shit like that was like, not a, I, I guess I never really thought about the roots of it in, in it coming with the industrial revolution. Yes, yes, yes. I bet you would like, there's a podcast called The Dollop, and it's Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. They're two comedians, and one tells the other a story about American history, and the other one just has no idea what's going on with American history, and he's just telling him basic American history, but it's so shocking and ridiculous. Like, each each time they just do one little thing and it'll just be, this is where Levi's came from, or this is what happened to China, the Chinese in California in this one year. And it's so great. It's called the dollop, but because you are interested in sort of time and place and connection to what a different life was like, I think you would really enjoy it. It's super cool. Yeah. Then um I also have been reading some like I don't know I got I went down this I read Jeanette McCurdy's book I was born in 94 so it's a very it was like oh I have to read this right and what is it what was it called um I I think I it's I wish I'm glad my mom died is what it's called oh my gosh Jeanette McCurdy oh I've seen it I've seen it in the airport recently it's so fucking good funny right it's she's a comedian it is very funny but it's also a realization once again of the the time period which is children actors being put into situations that they are a not prepared for and b not supposed to be in right and so this is a book that is obviously real and and i identified with it with it being a character that i saw on tv as a kid but it will be the same way a hundred years from now where somebody's reading this and they're like holy shit I can't yeah, believe we let six-year-olds work on horror films or, yes. or you know, be sexual assault victims or, or whatever that is, you know? Um, right. right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
when I was like 12 years old, I went to this little, it was a small Southern town and girls would go to like these little modeling schools that were basically just like you walk around and you have photos taken and everything. And it's just, it to think about it now just seems crazy, but I guess it's something people do. And this woman was an actual agent, turns out. And one of the girls that went there became Miss World and all this stuff. But I think about it like, they shouldn't have been crawling on the floor in a bathing suit at 12. Who let me do that? <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> Seems so and that's weird. What, you know, being able to create our own media, social media in general, uh, giving people platforms that they didn't have the ability to create on their own has changed yeah. policy. And that's exactly what, what books do, right? It was the ability for people to create their own platform to tell their own story. And, and really, um, without the ability to get a publisher, how would they, else would they express that? Um, so yeah. I like a lot of like, like maybe historical or partially nonfiction or could be nonfiction books. Um, I love it, I love it. Okay, so we'll, I've got, I'll have to, when we're done, I'll just make a big list of recommendations from you. So, but there's something urgent we need to talk about, which is uh, the treasure hunt for Hash Bash and what the fundraiser is for. So you can talk about sons and daughters and how can people participate? And if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, Hash Bash is the largest cannabis activist event, longest running in the country at least. And it is April 1st in the Diag at the University of Michigan at noon, and it'll be all day, and then there'll be a street fair and lots of speakers, and it will be fun and hopefully a beautiful day. But tell me about the treasure hunt and the organizations that it's going to serve. Awesome, yeah, thank you. Uh, so we launched the Great Lakes Expungement Network as a Actually, we originally launched the expungement program under the Redemption Foundation and um, found very quickly we got 300 applications in the first three days, um, and we knew that wasn't something we could do on our own. So we quickly launched uh, the Great Lakes Expungement Network, which is a 501c3. Uh, we do everything from eligibility screenings to free, free fee-free full-service expungements. Um, we are Michigan's only fee-free full-service expungement program, meaning we pay for the attorneys. Um, we get the uh, the notaries, the fingerprints, the whole shebang, and somebody represents you in court. Um, 2.5 million people here in Michigan have a criminal record, and this is more than I want a better house or I, I, I need better job opportunities. It's, you know, I paid the crime. I, I, how long? I already did the crime. I paid the time. Like, how long will I pay for this? It's, I want to go to my daughter's daddy-daughter dance. It's, um, I want to apply for school. I want to choose my nursing home. There's a lot of barriers, 45,000 barriers created by a criminal record. And also that when it affects one in four people here in Michigan, these are people we love. This is somebody's uncle, brother, cousin. This is your favorite teacher, your, you know, your preacher, your pastor, whoever. So the program has really gotten out of hand in terms of how many applications we are getting in. And we're receiving anywhere between five to seven apps a day, spending an average of $13.50 per client. And as a result, we see a funding effort that has just been wild. So we had to be creative about how we started raising money and we launched the Hash Bash Treasure Hunt. Um, by the way, we've done 800 expungements. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you some questions because you're so good at talking about it all, but I'm realizing, oh, I've heard it so many times that I know kind of what's going on, but I want to make sure that people hear Great Lakes Expungement Network because that's how you can go find it. You can look up Great Lake Expungement Network. This is, you have a record. And it might be like for something that's totally legal now, like cannabis. And would you say a lot of it is cannabis or is it all kinds of things? Sorry, <laughs> about half of the people that apply have a cannabis charge. And okay. the things that people usually have on their record are, are what I like to call poverty crimes or just existing while black, right? So I was loitering. Um, I was driving on a suspended license. My license plate light was dim. I wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Things oh that God. wouldn't have mattered if they could have paid it in the beginning. But I'm sorry, I'm poor. I didn't have $250. Now I have a criminal record. Because remember, a lot of these traffic violations become criminal can records after yeah. they're not paid within a certain period of time. And the time is always ridiculous. It's never within the same time, time like pay period you know it's not like pay it next month it's like pay it this week or see you in court buddy and for yeah. people that get paid on on every other week basis that's that's really difficult and also remember that no one's coming to get an expungement that doesn't need it that hasn't hit a barrier that is just like hey yeah. an expungement would be cool and here's the thing with hash bash is that there's plenty of people that want to make that come out and it's my first example of cannabis community my favorite example of cannabis community and it's a sacred place for us um it's a sacred place for me and so when we yeah. launched the treasure hunt i wanted to be sure that i had the the blessing of the team of the the people that were there 20 years before i was and then also of the current organizers so i reached out to some of the ogs you know i was like is this something you're comfortable with me just proceeding with and they were like fuck yeah of course we better you than somebody else man <laughs> in terms of we would rather have it done in the spirit of hash bash which is you know community and justice and redemption and what is more evident of justice than expunging a record right what means more not only to that person but to their family i'll just give you a little peep at the art here this is look at her she's a little lady and if you look real close you can see that her it says yeah. free Danny Trevino. You can buy your map at greatlakesexpungementnetwork.org backslash hash bash treasure hunt or at sonsanddaughtersunited.org slash hash bash treasure hunt. You can also buy them in person at Arborside, Apocathair, Bloom City, Cureleaf, House of Evolution, Sticky and Arbor, Bongs and Thongs, or Mission, all of which are right downtown or within 10 minutes of downtown. The idea is when you come here, it's like, okay, well, what do I do next? And it becomes a, a competition of events. And so we wanted to highlight these events and highlight the best parts of Hash Bash and give people a real experience, not only of Hash Bash itself, but of Ann Arbor. There's 13 spots in total, including uh, the Hash Bash Cup at the Wyndham. So you'll get a single day ticket, which is worth $50 by itself, um, just by buying the map. And then there's 12 cannabis gifts at eight different dispensaries, all my favorite ones. So um, Apocathare, Arborside, Cureleaf, House of Revolution, Mission, Sticky, and of course, Limewood Organics, which is the only micro business in Ann Arbor and one of the best shops I've ever been to in my life. And it's more than just cannabis, right? So then 
Also, we're working with Vertex Coffee and they have a great special going on there. So make sure you go there and find out what treasure that is. And Peace, Love and Little Donuts is giving out free donuts. What? I know. Oh, they have 32 different varieties. Personally, go find everybody and ask everybody. Or is, do you have a team? Is it just you and Marlena putting this whole situation together with the map and everything? So last year, we took on everybody that we worked well with last year. And I texted them and they were all said yes again. There was no, the ROI, the return on investment is so... <laughs> It's hard for me to describe in terms of like our events that we do or just donating to the expungement program in general. But yeah. on the maps, there's somebody coming in like, hey, I bought this. Give me my free stuff, right? And they were like, dude, I had so many new people here with the map. It was crazy. And then yeah. on the other end, people were like, holy crap, the maps. I saw so much like stuff I never would have seen. I've never been to this dispensary. I lived here for 10 years. And that's the point is to try new stuff and to be able to make it fun. But it is a long list. So there's also two smoke shops. Shout out to our friends at Bogs and Thogs. Um, Mo has been really nice to us. And he's also the last locally owned glass shop left in Ann Arbor. So if you're in and around Ann Arbor, make sure you stop in. He also has a killer gift that he's given out, girl. I'm so excited about him. I love it so much. And then, oh, of course, Wild Night is uh, just right next door. Yeah. So the Hash Bash Cup is from Friday until Sunday. I think it starts about 3 o'clock. So, you know, we got to get our session for 420. Um, yeah. It is a fundraiser this year, or portions of the proceeds will go back to the Great Lakes Expungement Network. So buy a map, and all the ticket sales from the map sales will go back to us. But also, if you buy just regular tickets or vend out there, um, a percentage of those will go back to us as well. So thank you to Adam Brooke for that. That was his idea it was very generous and, and that's really the thing you know at some point it's like if we don't stand for something what are we doing you know stand for nothing you will fall and so the idea yeah. that that hash bash which is a great competition and a wonderful the hash bash cup is a great competition and a wonderful event one of my favorite ones and so the idea that we could be so welcomed into this has been just amazing great music it's indoors so make sure you stop by and see what that's all about and then the maps themselves are redeemable from March 29th, uh, which is Wednesday. I keep hearing, oh, Wednesday, Josie, Wednesday. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> so March 29th until April 3rd. And then we are announcing the winners to the giveaway. So if you complete the entire map um, and go to all 13 locations, yes. you will be entered into a giveaway. Um, there's four different prizes. The first one is a trip for two back to Ann Arbor, a tour of Winewood Organics, um, some really nice smoking material, and then, you know, of course, a gift card and, and good stuff like that. Second place is more of a um, everything you need for a good sesh, so rolling trays and locally blown glass piece and, and all of that good stuff. And then, of course, there's a third and fourth place as well. And you don't have to finish it to, to enter. You can also do our bonus stars. So we wanted to make sure that we were doing, we wanted to make sure that we were doing Hash Bash right and that we were honoring everything that was, that we loved most about it. So if you share a picture of your favorite protest sign or take a trip to the Monroe Street Fair nonprofit village or visit the Diag, take a picture of our cancer shirt or follow us sorry, on Instagram. You'll get entered for each star that you do. And that way it gives you more chances. 
Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Ah, I can't wait. So are you and Jamie, are you, is the little crew coming to do it on the 29th? Yeah, so we're having a um, welcome sesh and then we're meeting up for the official launch of the treasure hunt at 11 o'clock at Arborside. And so we're really excited. We're going to do the whole hunt and hopefully Jamie and I keep thinking we need to be like rewarded between each destination with a joint but they're really super close to each other. So we're just going to have to do the work and get out. I also am excited about the brands that we have represented. So, you know, when I started doing it, I kept calling everybody and being like, oh, I can't do hash bash without hash. And then I had all this hash, Shelly, like so much hash. I was like, well, I can't do hash bash with just hash, you know? <laughs> so shout out to our friends at Evolution Edibles and Tree Town, Flower Pot, Moon and Burn, Archive, Redemption, Winewood, 1906, Light Sky Farms, Sticky Mitten. Ooh, oh man, I love those. Hi, this is what I just took a nip off of. Is this Fruity Pebbles from Tree Town? And I, I've been snacking on that for two weeks now. <laughs> nibble I'm here. So proud to work with them. And, and also we're working with Triple Phoenix and we're so excited to work with, there's so few edible companies that are born in Michigan that are really killing it out in the market. And a lot of the companies that are killing it are big MSOs. And so Tree Town, Triple Phoenix, those are incredible brands. Triple Phoenix is just coming up, but they are definitely coming back. Yeah, that's Rachel and Harry from People's Choice in Ann Arbor. So it's very fitting to have them back in. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I think we talked about Sons and Daughters United, but can you explain how that organization came to be and what it does as a separate thing from the Great Lakes Expungement Network? Yep, so sonsanddaughtersunited.org. I launched launched Sons and Daughters when I was 19 and knew everything, so it was a good time for me. (laughs) And Uh originally, if I'm honest, I launched it with Josh Cover and Robin Schneider as a, hey, our parents deserve to consume cannabis. You shouldn't write us. And at the very least, the people that pay for this on the other end are the next generation, the people that are left on the outside. And we've really evolved. We'll celebrate our 10-year anniversary. We just celebrated a nine-year anniversary about two weeks ago on March 13th. And so we'll celebrate our 10-year anniversary next year. And we have really evolved from, from doing advocacy work and filed in 2018 to start providing services. What we found was originally wanted to do so much work legislatively, and there were so many people falling through the cracks, no matter what the legislation came through. And so we wanted to create safety nets for people that were falling victim to poor and unjust policies. Those people that fall through the cracks don't have to. So we have three main grants out there a college scholarship grant for people with drug, I I will get off on a tangent on this, but with drug charges, if you have more than one misdemeanor drug charge, you are affected as by the aid elimination policy or were, was affected by the aid elimination policy. It has since been repealed at the end of Trump's presidency, Um, but it doesn't stop the people that have already been affected by it. It's just a policy moving forward. And what it says is you cannot apply for government loans or federal like basketball if you have a charge, drug charge, more than one drug charge at all. So we provide $5,000 a semester to people with multiple drug charges who are unable to get fast for themselves, even though now they can still get loans. Um, like before you couldn't even get a student loan that you have to pay back. We also have a family support program, which provides 
resources, JPay payments, direct payments, stationary to people whose loved ones are incarcerated. Um, my dad spent 20 years incarcerated in Terre Haute, Indiana, likes cocaine, and he's a brown guy, and that's kind of how the justice system works. So it yeah. worked exactly how it was designed. It was important to me to provide resources that I had not been able to find myself. And of course, we have our Renee Wolf Memorial Grant, which we launched in 2013 when we first launched Sons and Daughters. It is our original grant that has stuck with us. We've done a lot of stuff with it that has evolved over the years. So we also help people get their cards if they really need them provide direct resources through our holiday drive and then of course direct food financial and utility support like if somebody can't pay their utilities or their rent or something like that and they're disabled with that grant all of our grants are available online at sonsanddaughtersunited.org if you're just looking for places to donate it's also available online at sonsanddaughtersunited.org how i'm thinking about your network of all of the people that are helping them as you're talking i'm thinking that there's lawyers, there's administrators, there's somebody answering some phones, there's somebody vetting out people's situations. Like, how big is this team and who organizes it all? Do you, are you doing all of this? Or so what? Sons and Daughters, oh, no, no, no way. We have a really wonderful team. And at Sons and Daughters United, we have a, a very committed board and then a small, what I call, like, Point Granger kind of deal and we've always been something we do best is we work remotely we've always worked remotely a lot of the people that a lot of times when I'm building a team I want to be sure that I'm not building I don't need a reflection of myself right I need like I can do this I need somebody that can do that uh with sons and daughters the mission was different you know it was I want to help people who have been affected by poor policy that are affected right now either current it's always been about current and former cannabis or current and former uh, prisoners and their family. It gets weighed down because I like weed so much um, and the idea that it's uh, that it's a cannabis-based situation, but it's not. When we moved into expungement, that is where the team really comes in and that's where it's really changed people's lives. And this is from multiple reasons. Number one, uh, we can see real results. When somebody spends 10 years in prison, like they do at Sons and Daughters, like for five more years, they're still in prison and it still sucks. You know, there's no end and it's not actually fun. It's just like a display of somebody's suffering for a long period of time. And we become like attached to these clients and we're like, hey, you know, like, where's the results? <laughs> like, when does it get better for them? Oh my gosh, yes. When, and, you know, some of our clients we've watched go before COVID, through COVID, and now at the end where it's just like, oh my God, you know, like, are these thankfully like that they made it out right but a lot of their friends didn't and remember michigan was the highest rated for deaths inside incarceration facilities in the united states and that didn't vary from state-owned facilities to government-owned facilities that didn't vary between detention facilities and um that are owned as like like federal prisons and then also ice facilities that are here in michigan as well and and the reason being a um, Michigan Corrections had a rule that banned hand sanitizer. It did not ban alcohol hand sanitizer specifically. It did not ban alcohol specifically. Like it, it specifically banned hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Yeah. So it took them almost three weeks to um, to change the rule so they can get hand sanitizer in. But people were dying. This was not a joke. It was a pandemic. It was, and those deaths are preventable. They were totally 100% preventable. And and when people's entire livelihood, when they're in state prison, 
when people are not even convicted of a crime yet, Shelly, dying in, in county jails in Michigan because they can't have hand sanitizer. That is the state that we live in. And that is where I met Ryan. I was like, hey, you know, all my, everybody's going to die. So I was kind of dramatic about it, but I, it ended up that I wasn't, that people, we were number one in the state for deaths and incarceration facilities. Let me talk about Ryan real quick. So you're, you yeah. introduced Ryan and Ryan Basor and I have known each other since about 1997. What we a sold, cool guy. Yes. We sold books door to door together with Mark Passerini. Stop it. We all sold door to door together. Troy Dayton. Yes. Like Mark Passerini, Troy Dayton. Ryan Basor, we also books door to door together. And no, um, no. And Ryan Basor, I remember, like, I remember him. I think he played basketball at a small Michigan college, like Olivet or something. I apologize, yeah. Ryan, if I'm messing that up. But then Ryan, Ryan went to federal prison yeah. um, and was one of the first dispensaries in Michigan and Lansing. And if people don't know the story about redemption brands, he did everything he thought he was supposed to be doing. He introduced himself to the local authorities. He followed the rules as he knew them. And then he just went to federal prison. They just raided him one day and him and his now father-in-law went to federal prison. He was there for four years, basically. And when he came out, there's so much more to this story, but I'm trying to explain that when he came out, he went into the cannabis industry and named his brand Redemption. And it makes me so happy because I've known him so long and it's about as real of a situation as you can possibly have. Like he's coming out and says, Oh, he got a huge grant from a cannabis company to help him start his brand redemption. Now he's using the brand to help other people with a record, other people who've been to prison. So did I get most of that right, Josie? Please yeah. you're a brand so, ambassador and I want to promote Ryan and redemption every chance I get. So yeah. I feel so lucky to work with Ryan and that Ryan lets me um, not only be a part of this team, but but be a collaborator in what we're building at the Redemption Foundation. And so, you know, Ryan easily started what would become the Redemption Foundation as soon as he got out of prison by putting money on the books for other federal cannabis prisoners. He was sentenced to four years in federal prison. He ended up doing two. When he got out, he had eight years that he was looking at in probation. And people that get out of long stunts of in incarceration experience chronic inability to do action items like depression for 10 years more than 10 years 70 percent 10 years they cannot get out of bed right so the idea that ryan has a job has a family is going to start a business is is wow but then yeah. there's never been another successful cannabis brand that has launched from a cannabis prisoner federal cannabis prisoner like this and at least not to our knowledge and so a lot of times in the industry, you have to choose if you like the product or if you like the the person that you work for. And sometimes you don't even get to choose that. And so I'm really lucky to work with Ryan and where I like both, you know, cannabis should be affordable. It should be accessible. It should mean something 
Shelly, it can mean something. And so 10% of our proceeds from anything that's um, bought from Redemption, which is on almost 200 stores now, goes back to the Redemption Foundation. And then the Redemption Foundation is where I work. And so 10% of that budget or 10% of of everything sold goes back to us. And we do um, re-entry work, job placement, and expungements for current and former cannabis prisoners. I came on over, you know, last year sometime, and the idea was to to build the program, and I really didn't have a lot of direction in what that meant, or a, a good idea of what that meant, and I think, damn, Redemption is the best name for a reentry program, you know, so I just started building a, a reentry program, the idea that people get out, we help them get IDs, stuff like that. Yes. And I don't know if Ryan will like the story, but it's my favorite story of all time. This, Ryan calls me and it's early in the morning and it's like, he's like, Josie, and he had been, he just sounds like, just, like this is affecting him. And he says, I cannot spend another minute while people are still in jail for cannabis and we are not fucking helping them, right? Because I'm working on expungements and helping people when they get out of jail. But boy, is he right. I wasn't doing anything for people that were on the inside. Oh my God. And it was like, it was the sheer like, He's so oh urgent. urgent. Like, what a he, can he can feel it. Yeah. Oh, God. Feel, and I, I, I was like, oh, my God. Yes. So we immediately got together. We started what we'll officially launch at uh, on 424, the Redemption Foundation, our prisoner support program, which does which puts money on the commentary for current federal uh, cannabis prisoners, just like Ryan. So we started, obviously, with Danny Trevino. And we'll do a spotlight on them and we'll do some letter writing campaigns. But it's important to us that we do more than just send a letter, right? Like we want to provide resources right there, things that help people. And we don't want to wait for policy to change. And so, and the best thing about working with Ryan is he understands, who understands the needs of a a federal cannabis prisoner better than a federal cannabis prisoner themselves. Um, So what a treat. I've never been able to work. A lot of us do a lot of things for different reasons, but I've never been able to work under the direction of somebody who has such consistent experience. And Ryan is yes. is the idea guy, right? He's the one that came up with the Great Lakes Expungement Network and really bringing that to fruition would have never happened without Ryan's. It was not my idea. It was Jamie's idea. He was like, I want to help people expunge their cannabis convictions. It's legal now. And so you can't build authenticity like that. And I'm so proud to work here and proud of the team that we have. And so a lot of the team that we built, 100% of everyone that works at Great Lakes Expungement Network are volunteers. Most of them come as former clients, people that were like, hey, this is really cool and got involved. And then some of them came from people that were like, hey, this is really cool outside and and got involved. And the best thing is, is that we have real tangible results, things that you can see in terms of numbers, which is what a lot of these cannabis companies are looking to invest in, which is um, harder when you're working with currently incarcerated folks and, and really the money doesn't go as far, right? Where we have predictable costs with the expungement program and it's easy to to designate. Well, as soon as I get an application, I know how long we'll have them and how much they cost. So we've done over $1.1 million in free legal care. We've never lost a case. And Ryan is the president also at the Great Lakes Expungement Network. It's a collection of organizations and businesses and professionals. So the Redemption Foundation is a part of the Great Lakes Expungement Network. And also we founded it, but 
They're two different organizations where the redemption focuses mostly on current and former cannabis prisoners. We launched our GED program in late December of last year. And we saw our first graduates early this um, this year. So shout out to Janet Madroots for helping us do that. It's all about partnerships and there's no way that that it is a single ship. So I, I appreciate that. It's so good. It's so, it's such a positive thing. It's like, it's such a hopeful thing to just know that there's a team of people working so hard to try to make it easier. Yes. And more of that in the world. That's what I love. I wish it wasn't so necessary and needed, but at this point in our existence, it is. So anyway, so people are doing all they can. And you just had a good, a, a great event a few days ago called the Sneaker Ball, right? So tell yeah. me about it. What is what is a Sneaker Ball if people don't know what it is? And so it's formal, semi-formal wear uh, with sneakers. And we hosted this at the Hotbox Social, which is the first consumption lounge here in Michigan. We had a little over 250 people in attendance. We raised $56,420 at this event. And technically, we raised 56290 And then I told somebody about it and they said, wait a minute, I have $130. And that was just funny because then it was... 420 and we all love that I have never done anything like this before in my life obviously I'm not I expunge records I am not an event planner but you know your girl can throw a party so we made something that was unique and special about this this event was we did some very hefty sneaker boxes so the boxes contained over two dozen of my favorite metric products and I handpicked them so they had a lot of cool things, everything from hash rosin and live resin infused pre-roll to um, some of my favorite flowers and edibles and creative ones too. So just the bags alone raised $17,775. Wow. So a huge thank you to everyone that participated in that. And, and I've been getting compliments from it all week long. Like that is the best bag I've ever had. I've never wanted to consume an entire VIP bag. What a unique blend, you know? And so the VIP tickets for that event were were definitely more expensive than, than, you know, it was kind of out of our comfort zone, but with the venue being licensed and the cost of the overhead, um, we really didn't have a choice. We had to make up for it. And it ended up being very nice. Uh, we had a series of auction items and we're learning our way through events. Yes, and so- yeah. While the events are fun, um, there's more to events than bringing weed and people to the party, I guess. Yes, yes. Oh, well, I'll tell you what, I know some event planners that would probably be a gr- very much worth your time to talk to because they know how to create a really beautiful, groovy scene and make it the way you want it to be and help you decide what matters with lighting and all that stuff so I know a lot of people who do that so if there's another one I might be able to help with the prisoner re-entry program but with my tech company the tech company that helps people with their devices and training and understanding how to use services online like adaptive technology and helping people get their homes set up digitally and training and if that's okay yes that would be amazing. We can talk about that because now we've got to talk about 
east of Eden. So we'll just do it again. What's your friend's name that you want me to check out? Christina at Bookfield. So if you go to Etsy, she's one of the top sellers. If you're looking for vintage books, either to read, if you're looking what she does best and what her her best uh, her best product is, is they do a blind date with the book. So you pick the genre and she sends you a book all wrapped up and then it's a surprise. Oh my um, God. Adorable. What? It's so good. And she was oh. uh, with us at Sons and Daughters for several years as our vice president and left to, to build Bookfield. It's a vintage bookstore. They do a variety of different, they do everything from actual vintage children's books and, and reads, blind date with a book. It's also like decor. Wait, is it B-O-O-K-F-I-E-L-D-S or just no S, Bookfield? No S. No S. Okay, cool, cool. Oh my gosh, so I'm learning about so many good things. This is great. And she's local? She is. She's in Kalamazoo. You know, there's not a lot of opportunity in any industry to support other women, but also there's not a lot of opportunity to support people that are doing cool and progressive things, or at least there's fewer opportunities for us to get our art and our things out there in West Michigan. Um, yes. So I'm grateful that that there's sites like Etsy and, and things like that. And make sure you follow her on Instagram at Bookfield Books. Bookfield Books. So this is funny. I'm going to just tie it all together and blow your mind here. <laughs> but so I told you that me and Ryan Basor and Mark Passerini and Troy Dayton all sold books door to door. And what we would say was I did like three summers on the Bookfield. Or I'm going back out to <laughs> said Bookfield all the time. It was such a part of every conversation. Uh, when was your last year on the Bookfield? And this is the name of this person's company that inevitably is going to become a dear friend of mine. And we're going to do a million things together. Well, I've been looking for someone to do like a banned book series because of what's going on right now. And just yes. find some books to talk about. So maybe I can partner with her on that and we can send those kind of books to people. She's so the best. And every year she sponsors a series of like, like stuff of backpacks where she, because you can only sell on, on Etsy, you can only sell vintage items or, you know, however that works or handmade items. And so yeah. she gets all these books that are not vintage that she just donates to other children and puts in the little libraries. And her whole thing is making reading accessible and fun to even adults. Here's the thing. The literacy rate is so low. People are signing documents every day, lease agreements, medical records, medical release forms for things that they do not, they cannot read and understand. And so that's what she does best. I'm excited to see her on the show. I'm just so grateful to be here thanks for having us out oh, it's so fun it's so fun well i'm gonna wrap up just want to do one more shout out for the treasure hunt because i'm gonna release this really soon so people can hear about the treasure hunt uh, go to great lakes expungement network to find the treasure map you would pick it up starting on the 29th which is wednesday from arborside in ann arbor and then it's available through april 3rd correct that's correct. Yes. And um, make sure you get your map. If you get it online, I only have um, a limited number of them. So when they're sold out, they're sold out. There's no there's no way for us to produce more of them. Right. So make sure you get your map in. There's 30,000 people that come to Hash Bash and I have like 500 maps. Yes, and people, it's going to be fun. We're all going to have this shared experience. It's going to be so fun. And they're $40. They have a $200 value and include the ticket to the Hash Bash Cup. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, we hope to see you all there. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Thank you.